You're listening to a North Valley Community Church podcast. For more information and resources, visit us online at northvalleychurch.org. Well, good morning. Good to be with you guys. For those of you who are new, my name's Ryan. I serve as a lead pastor, founding pastor of the church. And uh, September marked uh, the nine-year anniversary. Next September, we'll do a big celebration. So we're excited about all that God's doing on our campus and in the lives of the people, our congregation, and it's a great time. October is kind of a very special month uh, that I want you to focus on here at North Valley as a place where you need to grow in your spiritual journey. Some of you are maybe new to the Christian faith or some of you are new to church, and uh, I want to encourage you to take your next step to grow. Uh, some of you have been Christians for some time now, and, uh, but you're learning some new things. Take some next steps to grow in your faith. This whole teaching series is designed to help you grow. We've got great community groups, a place where you can ask questions and figure out uh, how to apply the teaching and the preaching to your life every single week. You're not going to get another opportunity, I bet, uh, in this valley right now where you're going to get to go through the Gospel of John over three years, have the teaching and preaching, then be able to sit in a group with other folks and dialogue and help apply it to your faith. It's a great season. I brag on the power and the essence of Scripture and how it can help transform uh, folks' lives. The Gospel of John's awesome. So we're going to be in it uh, this uh, through the month of October and uh, leading up into December, and then we'll do a short little uh, Christmas series and, uh, and have an awesome Christmas uh, services, which I'm excited to share with more about that with you as time moves on. If you've got a Bible, go ahead and open it up. John chapter 1, we're still in John chapter 1, we're going to be looking at verses 43 uh, through 51. I want to encourage you to open your Bible because I'll show you the passages and then I'll refer back to them uh, uh, as I'm preaching uh, through this message. So um, today what I want to do is, again, I want to remind you of um, this season is super important. This series is designed and this message is designed really to amp you up to grow in your faith, uh, no matter where you're at, to take that next step and, and do that. And you've got those connect cards. You could check that if you want to do that. Turn them in at the connection corner after the service. So I'm prepping you ahead of time. Um, when I first became a Christian, there was this uh, reality that I was uh, constantly on the search for truth. And I remember I had somebody uh, that was older than me, probably 20 years older than me, and they said, Ryan, we're glad you're on fire for Jesus. That's Christianese for you're excited for Jesus. Uh, we're glad that you're on fire for Jesus, but we're going to warn you that your fire's going to uh, kind of uh, tame down and you probably won't be like that. And I said, get away from me. I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> Uh, because I, I felt the fire was so strong, and I've got good news, is that when that fire starts to dim out a little bit, I find ways to rekindle that thing. And there's no way I could be a good preacher teacher if I didn't have a, a fresh faith of my own. And so today what we're going to do is we're going to look at this search for truth. I mean, raise your hand uh, uh, if you had a significant season in your life where you were literally searching for truth about Jesus or the Bible. Would you just raise your hand? Think about that season. Think about the season of life where you're really evaluating the scriptures, evaluating Jesus and saying, man, what's it like? Here's what I want to encourage you. Don't ever lose that zeal. Don't ever lose that drive for the search. 
just because you make the decision and follow Jesus Christ, just because that was perhaps some time ago, it doesn't mean the search is over. Uh, There is so much in Scripture, there's so much in knowing God, that it doesn't matter how old you are, there is still more. So what I want to do today is I'm going to give you an example of a a truth seeker, and I'm going to ask you to be a truth seeker the rest of your life, the rest of your life. Uh, We're in an interesting season in American culture where there's a truth quest, right? Search for the truth. Everybody's searching for truth right now. Um, What's interesting to me uh, as I think about just kind of the unique context we find ourselves in the American church is that 50% of families in the United States are saying uh, that one, at least one member of their family are struggling with mental health and they're, they're overwhelmed uh, because of 2020 was a crazy year, and then you get, uh, like as one of my friends said, 2020 plus one, and that's 2021, and it's still more drama and more craziness. And so what's happening is that there's this uh, search for an exhaustion, perhaps, in the mental uh, state of being for so many young people and so many families and But what we need to do more than seeking uh, just the mental health state is we need to deal with the spiritual as well. Uh, At North Valley, we believe in a holistic approach to spiritual growth. It's mental, it's emotional, it's physical, it's spiritual, it's all tied together. And so here's what I want to challenge you to think about, the importance of being a truth seeker and seeking answers, and being concerned, just as so many people are concerned about mental health, what about spiritual health for 2020 and 2021? We need to be thinking about our spiritual health, and if you look at churches around the country right now, still so many folks, uh, they're disconnected, isolated, and guess what? So many are discouraged and depressed. Mental health is hitting an all-time crisis, and here's my voice of reason for you is let's be the truth seekers. Let's seek out truth because Jesus said, if you know the truth, the truth will set you free. It'll set you free. There's freedom in finding truth. And so we're going to place our feet into the shoes of a truth seeker today. And we're going to look at this individual's life and I'm going to give you five characteristics of a truth seeker. Um, Let's look at, uh, you know what? We're going to start with a movie. Anybody want to watch a movie? We're going to watch a movie. How many of you have seen the Chosen video? You seen that? That's so cool. I, I've been watching that for a number uh, uh, since it first came out, I don't know, a year or two ago. And um, I remember telling Pastor Joshua, I said, man, there's going to be a time when I'm going to get to integrate these videos for our folks to be able to see Jesus. And did they do such a great job of de- depicting his humanity and his deity. And so today, I want to uh, share with you this video, and then I'm going to teach through the story of the truth seeker. So check this out. Rabbi. Well, this is a good night. You know who stands beside you there? This is my friend, Nathaniel. Yes, the truth teller. I'm sorry? Man is often deceitful. And Israel began with Jacob, a bit of a deceiver, yes? 
Yes. But one of the great things about you is you are a true Israelite and whom there is no deceit. What did you say about me? What is this? How do you know me? I have known you long before Philip called you to come and see. Don't look at him, look at me. When you were in your lowest moment, and you were alone, I did not turn my face from you. I saw you under the fig tree. I knew it. Well, that didn't take long. <laughs> he doesn't mess around. Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, you believe? <laughs> you are going to see many greater things than that. Like Jacob, you are going to see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. That's me, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I got that. Good. I know you like to be clear. Rabbi! Sorry to interrupt, but John just arrived with a message from Syria. He came back? Yeah. He said people are already gathering to meet you. Many with afflictions to be healed. Your fame is spreading. A good kind. You should rest, Rabbi. We should leave early. Thank you, boys. So, you wanted to help build something that would cause prayer and songs? Something to bring souls closer to God, yes? start tomorrow isn't that good let's celebrate Jesus uh, you never you never need to stop your search and your quest for knowing Jesus Christ uh, sometimes it's uh, slowing down and watching a sunset sometimes it's taking that extra moment in your car before you go in for work and just saying a word of prayer sometimes it's pausing right before you're going to have a difficult conversation and saying to the Lord quietly Lord I need you uh, you never want to stop that search. The second you do, you're going to dry up, and you don't need that, and the world doesn't need that. The, what the world needs is people like you. You're the, pre, the cream of his crop, the top of his creation. He created you and wired you for worship, and don't ever lose that drive to seek and to know Jesus Christ. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you as well. There's priority in the Christian faith, and so we're going to look at what does it look like? Five characteristics of being a truth seeker. And I'm going to ask that you would renew your commitment today to Jesus Christ and to seek him above everything else in your life. Let's read in, in uh, verse 43. 
Uh, it says, uh, the next day Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, check this out. Let's say that together. Follow me. That's real simple. He didn't say, uh, uh, sign up for my class. He didn't say, uh, stand by and watch. He didn't say, did you get the syllabus? He didn't say, let me check your background real quick. He just said, follow me. That's the call of the Christian life. Verse 44, uh, now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter, and Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Verse 46, uh, now Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, watch this, what a good friend, just come and see. Philip's not going to argue with him. He's just going to say, you got to come. You got to see for yourself. So in verse 47, we see Nathanael's coming. Jesus saw Nathanael coming towards him and said of him, behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. And Nathanael said to him, how do, you, how do you know me? You ever been in one of those moments before where it's like, man, you feel like God is, we're at work, you show up at a church service and somebody's preaching and perhaps I've been preaching and you're like, how, how, how did he know that I was going through that? Jesus is omniscient, he knows everything. And verse uh, 48, continuing, Jesus answered him, Philip uh, answered him, before Philip called you, when you were under that fig tree, I saw you. And Nathanael answered him with enthusiasm, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You're the King of Israel. What a, transformation, what a transformational moment right there. But there's far more going on in the story than just that. It's not like Nathanael just started thinking about the Messiah. He'd probably been on a truth quest for some time, Right? And so many times I see folks when they show up and they make a decision for Jesus Christ, I always tell our team and our staff, it's not like they just came to that idea right then and there. See, God had been on the hunt over their life for a lifetime. And in the quiet moments of their soul, there'd been many, many times when they thought, should I trust Jesus? Should I trust the Christian faith? And then they just so happened to show up at a service. And then all the culmination of the searching, comes to a climactic moment where they say, I'll follow you. I'll follow you, Lord. So that's what we see here. We see Jesus knows a lot about this guy. In verse 51, or verse 50, Jesus answered him, but because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater than the greater things in these in verse 51. And he said to them, said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. There's five characteristics of a seeker uh, that I think are really important for us to kind of uh, realize what it takes to seek Jesus Christ. Uh, number one is a search. Uh, Nathaniel was searching. Um, but if you look back in your text, I find this so ironic. Uh, let's notice what's going on here. Uh, verse 43, you got to look at your Bible, but it says, the next day Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Um, there's a search going on, and it looks like in verse 43, Jesus is the one 
doing the searching. He finds Philip first. But then in verse 44, watch what Philip says. He says, uh, or verse 45, uh, it says that Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found uh, him of whom the Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth and uh, the son of Joseph. There's two things going on in this search that's so important for you to grasp in the Christian life. One is, is that from God's perspective, Jesus found Philip. Uh, from man's perspective, Philip found Jesus. He said that. We found him. Well, actually, if you look at the text, it actually says Jesus found Philip. So what's my point? My point is, for all of us, is to realize that at every step in our journey, whatever decision we make to grow further or get closer in our spiritual journey towards Jesus, we think that it's just us taking that search to the whole new level. But if you look back at the stories of Scripture and you look back in your own life, can you not see that God has been behind you the whole time? He was with you in every single moment that you were in. In the darkest and most treacherous situations, he was there. In your doubt, in your disbelief, he was there. In your divorce and in your depravity, he was there. In your dysfunction, he was there. He's always been there. This is Jesus. I'm driving down the highway this morning and I look over and I see the beautiful sunrise and I say, thank you, Lord. Jesus, you're alive. And I told my little girl while we were singing, because I don't want my kids to think I'm just doing a job because that's my job. I want them to know this is a real thing, that I really believe in Jesus Christ. And I told her, I said, Maya, you know Jesus is real. She said, yeah, Dad, I know. You tell me that all the time. And I said, you know, he created the, the world around us, Maya, and he created you. He created me. And I believe. This is what I give my life to. Um, there's a search that I'm on, and I hope you're on too, that if you want to get to know Jesus more, you've got to constantly search for him and realize that he's like the searching shepherd. He's looking for you. He's been after you all the time. And not just for your salvation, but your sanctification, your ongoing spiritual growth. It's the month of October. We're challenging you to think about that, your spiritual journey. It's a journey. But he's always been with you. He's always been after you. He wanted to bring you from darkness to light, but he wants to take you from light to greater levels of, of, of light and influence in your life. There's got to be a search for the seeker. There's always a, a search. I think back at the birth of Jesus Christ and uh, this uh, Christmas season, we're going to be doing some really cool stuff uh, here during the Christmas season, a live nativity. We're going to have live sheep. So if you've got anybody who's got some live sheep, let us know. We need some. Um, but I think back about the birth of Christ and the search that went on there, right? You just pick up in Matthew chapter 2, and you see that these wise men from the east, they came to Jerusalem, come to King Herod, and they say to him, we're here. We're here. We've been on a search. We're searching for the king of the Jews. There's always a search for Jesus, and there's a search that can never let up. Ecclesiastes 3.11, it's a really cool Bible verse. It's given me a lot of hope and insight into the, uh, the, uh, the human life. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says that God sets eternity into the hearts of man. God sets eternity into our hearts. And what does that mean? That means that there's something in us. It doesn't matter if you're Muslim, Mormon, 
Buddhist, Hindu. There's something in us, people, humankind, that we're longing for more than what is. Uh, it's been called the moral argument uh, in uh, apologetics of the Christian faith. Is there's something, a desire. You look at every civilization that's ever existed, there's always a religion. Why is there religion? Because God set eternity into the hearts of man. So what I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, by design, who you are, there's a search that is supposed to be in your heart. And it does not stop at the point where you give your life to Jesus Christ. You need to search for more. Amen? Okay, so... I think of the passage that could encourage us. Jesus said it like this, ask and it'll be given to you, seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be what? It'll be opened. That's the second characteristic. You need to be open. You need to be open for God to do new things in a new season. You've got to be open. You can be closed, but God's not going to break down the door on that. He's saying, I need you to open it up. This is exactly what we see with Nathaniel. He was very open to meet Jesus Christ. It says in verse 47 that Jesus looked over and he sees Nathaniel coming. He must have said to Philip, Philip, I don't know about this, but I'm open. I don't, I don't think anything good has come out of Nazareth, but I'm open. You ever been there before? I don't see how that could work, but you should say, I'm open. I'm open. I'm open for the miracle. I'm open for God to do uh, amazing things. I'm open to hope. I'm open to try. I'm open for love. I'm open for this. I'm open. The second you close is the second you step off and you're not following him anymore. You're just making your own trail. So you gotta be open. You gotta be open for the unknown. You gotta be open for the unexpected. You've gotta be open to, to realize that you do not have all the knowledge that you need in this life. You need knowledge from him. If you want to be a truth seeker, you got to be open. I think of Nicodemus, the religious leader, we'll get into in John chapter 3. Um, and there's another great chosen video uh, on that storyline of Nicodemus. He's open. He has many, many questions about who Jesus is, but he's open. And he wants to investigate, and he wants to dialogue, and he wants to talk. I uh, think of your friends perhaps that are closed to the conversation of the Christian faith, or perhaps you've been closed. The Apostle Paul said it was so important for the church um, in Colossae that they pray for the door to be open. I think of what Jesus said uh, in Revelation as well. When Jesus says, behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. I will be there. So what does it take for you and me to really live this Christian life? You got to be open. We can't be closed. You have not arrived. We, we do not arrive until we're with Jesus face to face. This is a journey that you're on. I'm just a messenger for you in your life in this season in the North Valley to say, keep the door open. Let God do something new and something great in your life. Keep perspective of what's going on. Be a truth seeker. 
Number three, I would say this, is that five characteristics of a truth seeker is question. Question everything. God is bigger than your questions. Scripture's so strong. Wonderful. 66 different books, 40-something different authors, written over 1,500 years, all one divine story, one divine author inspiring the rest of them to keep it all together, to make it all fit, to make an incredible, unique, supernatural revelation through God's Word. Ask questions. Nathaniel was obviously, he was asking some questions. He had curiosity about Jesus' origins. How could he be from Nazareth? Nazareth was like a competitive little small town uh, with Cana, and so they didn't get along very well, but I think Nathaniel's question is bigger than any kind of little city rivalry like we talk about here in the North Valley in Phoenix. We always kind of, I always hear a little competition between Phoenix and Tucson, you know? I uh, hear folks uh, talk about Tucson, and the Tucson folks talk about Phoenix. Well, these are little towns, and they've got little competition, and there was just a bad reputation in Nathaniel. But I think what was going on with Nathaniel, because he was a truth seeker, is that he had already read in the prophetic literature of Micah that Jesus was to be born in Bethlehem. And so how, he's saying, no, no, no time out, mm-mm. Uh, Philip, you're kind of misled. The Messiah is going to come out of Bethlehem. That's where he's born. Uh, nothing is good in Nazareth. Jesus was born in Bethlehem, and he moved to Nazareth. So Nathaniel has his questions. Nicodemus asked lots, lots of questions. Or how about Thomas asked lots, lots of questions? How about the, vir- uh, the Virgin Mary? When she was told that she was going to give birth to a child, she had some questions. Is there anything wrong with asking questions in the Christian faith? No. I would say question it. This is what propels you to have a more intellectual, intelligent faith. When you don't question your faith, then you don't have stronger convictions. And when you don't have stronger convictions, your ethics and your morals really slip. And then when your ethics and your morals slip... Then comes the waves of discouragement and depression and regret about things of the past. So what I'm telling you is do the questioning. Did you have a season of searching and then you just gave up because you couldn't find the answers? Well, don't give up your search. Keep looking. The Bible says that uh, if you knock, the door will be open. If you seek, you will find. I think of Thomas, and I'll uh, just read this passage. I love this passage. You can turn there if you want in John chapter 20. I don't have it on the screen. Uh, but here's a great person who asks questions. And I love the way God responds to question. It's okay to question. Nathaniel asked questions. Mary asked questions. The apostle Paul asked questions. This is all normal part of your life, especially for you young folks that have maybe made a decision for Jesus Christ and you grew up or you grew up in a Christian faith and you have questions. Listen, you should ask questions. That's part of your spiritual formation. For those of you that have been in the faith for a while, you should ask questions and you'll find answers. Let's look at uh, John chapter 20, verses 24 through 29. I'll read it. Uh, Jesus is has been crucified. There is reports that he has been raised from the dead, that he has appeared uh, to many, many people at the time. 
And Thomas missed out on the action. Jesus showed up and reappeared, but Thomas wasn't there. I don't know where he was, but he wasn't there. And then his friends say, hey, Jesus appeared. Jesus is resurrected. And he says, I doubt it. I'd I'd have to see that to believe that. And look what happens in John chapter 20, verses 24. Now Thomas, one of the 12 called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, "Uh, unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails and place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand into the side, I will never believe. Look at that. He says, I'll never believe. Never. And you should never use the word never, but he uses the word never. And then continuing on, eight days later, his disciples were inside again with Thomas, with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Here, see my hands. Put my, I'm sure he doesn't talk like that, but... Uh, put your fingers here and see my hands and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Verse 28, Thomas, he answered him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Uh, Thomas questioned everything. He kind of put God to the test and told his friends, unless I see it, I'm not going to believe it. And Jesus shows up as a testimony for you and for me that that's, that's what God will do. He'll show up in your life. I think it is important for you sometimes to say, God, I need you to show up in some kind of unique way because I need a little extra help here. It's like a good father, you know, where the kid comes, Dad, I need your help to understand this. I'm having a hard time trusting you. Well, I want to help you, son. I want to help you, my daughter. I, I want to help. That is the heart of our Heavenly Father. That is the heart of Jesus. He he wants you to believe. He wants you to trust. So ask your questions. It's okay. That's part of being a truth seeker. Number four, there's a sense of enthusiasm, is there not, when you start seeking after Jesus because you get to start to see some prayers answered. You start to see some new cool things and you're like, woo, this is good. And then your, your enthusiasm can rub off on other people. And every church needs the folks that are seeking truth and they're experiencing the truth and the grace of God in their life. And this is why I've told you at North Valley, if you've been a Christian for 10 plus years, you ought to be hanging out with younger folks, new to the faith, to keep your faith fresh. That's why oftentimes I love to spend time with new folks and they ask the questions and then you get in the car and you say to yourself, man, I can't believe they're asking those questions, but that is so cool. I remember when I was there. You know what I'm saying? There needs to be a sense of enthusiasm. Nathaniel calls him right there on the spot. You are the son of God. You're the king of Israel. Like you're like, what just happened? And Philip's like, woo, that didn't take long. Why is that? Because God had been working on him for a very, very long time. But there's a sense of enthusiasm. That enthusiasm, don't let that enthusiasm die out. Sometimes it dies out because you're like, well, that's old news. We'll get some new news. There's more in the scripture for you. God's word's good every day, not just one day on Sunday, but Monday through Saturday and Sunday. It's all good. 
So you need a sense of enthusiasm. That's a characteristic of being a truth seeker. I think back to the story of uh, the wise men again. When they find the search is over, they found Jesus. Do you know what they did? They just start unloading treasures right there. Enthusiasm, incredible enthusiasm. It says that they had great joy, Matthew records. They had great joy on finding the Christ child. They have great joy, unload their treasures. They bow down, they fall down, and they're worshiping him. Could you imagine what that would be like if you're Mary? Like, who are these people? How did all this happen? I cannot believe this. That is the response of when you've encountered the king. And you need the king today. You need the king tomorrow. And if there's no enthusiasm in your faith, my encouragement would be is back it up. Slow it down. Start thinking about, I want to seek you, Lord. I want to seek you more. I want to know you more. I want my heart to be open for whatever you have for me. I want to, I need to ask these questions. And you might not find your answers right away, but don't give up. Keep it up. And number five, I would say, is the adventure. Characteristic of being a truth seeker is just a sense of adventure. That you're just going to be in an adventure. And if you can think of life as an adventure, that will really help you as a Christian. I define adventure as something like this. Adventure begins when the plan ends or goes wrong. So when I'm out, I can think of so many different times I've been out in the backcountry or doing a certain plan or had a strategy on how something was supposed to work in the backcountry or on our family adventures, and then everything goes wrong. Well, that's the moment I say, now the adventure begins. Because that is adventure. That's why we named it venture, so you'd understand. Your Christian life is a risky life. You will look like a fool if you tell people, I need to pray about this decision before I do it. I want to hear what God has to say. Take the risk. You're being a witness in doing that. Adventure begins when uh, trouble begins. That's when it starts. And so I think of the folks, uh, what did they do when they find this dilemma? Uh, Jesus called Philip and he says, follow me. Do you know the dilemmas that it would create for the average family man uh, right now or like in a week or two because I need to arrange my affairs? There's a lot of risk in that. And that is the same level of risk I think that Jesus calls us to so oftentimes, maybe not directly with our family, but something. And I think in American culture, we've over-idolized the family and we think that it's so, so important over our allegiance to Jesus Christ. Jesus is a radical caller upon his followers to follow him. My suggestion would be to stick close because sometimes in life you go through some dark and dangerous places and if you're not close behind the Lord, you can get lost real fast. So I want to challenge you. Trust in the Lord. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will straighten out those paths. There is an adventure to have. This is exactly what... Uh, Jesus would told Nathaniel as Nathaniel had been contemplating all this and uh, uh, all that just happened in that encounter with Jesus Christ. Uh, Jesus says, you're going to see greater things than these, Nathaniel. You're going to see greater things. And perhaps he was referring to uh, 
what Nathaniel was already thinking about in Genesis 28, there's a story of Jacob that he could see angels uh, from heaven ascending and descending on this ladder in this vision. And Nathaniel probably was thinking about that while he's under that fig tree. And then all of a sudden Jesus says, you know, hey, I, I, I was there. I saw what you were doing. I, I was there. And then he says, there's going to be greater things. You're going to see, you're going to see the Son of Man coming from heaven to earth. You'll see it all unfold. And it is true, it is true, it is true. Because then you look at the very next chapter and Nathaniel's there when Jesus turns water into wine. Greater things, greater things. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that my friends would never stop seeking. Seeking is not just for the unbeliever. Seeking is for the believer. Seek first the kingdom of God, you say, Lord, and so I pray we would. Seek first you. Might we be truth seekers constantly, continually. Let us be on the search for truth, for in the truth there is freedom. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you for listening. To become a supporter of North Valley Community Church, give today at northvalleychurch.org.